and welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. We hope today, as you listen to this week's content, that you grow in your faith and in your relationship with God. Connect more with us by going to ardmoresummit.church and remember to love God, love people, and love life. Hey, I'm excited, man. We have been in a series uh, this whole summer on the life of David. How many of you have enjoyed the life of David? I'm telling you what, I have really, really enjoyed this series. It has been, uh, I think honestly, it's been my, I'm going to say, I'm going to be real with y'all. It's my second favorite series that we have done. It's been like right up there. It's a very good word. We've learned a lot about David this, this summer, haven't we? I've really enjoyed this, and so today I have the honor of closing out this series. We're going to be talking about David, the warrior poet, but before we jump into that, I want to look at these past eight, seven to eight weeks that we've looked at. I want to just recap some of the things that we've looked at, so if you, if you would, can we just kind of, you know, go back in time a little bit and let's look at what we've, what we've talked about, just so it's a refresher as you close out this series, you remember. Hopefully you've kept your notes, you can always go back to the podcast too. But week one, we talked about David's a man after God's own heart. If you remember that, we, we, we got deep in there knowing that three things, that God is the one who calls us. Understand that, that God is the one who empowers us and God's timing is best. We looked at that whole anointing process of David and it was a wonderful time. And as we moved into week two, we got to look at David and Goliath. David and Goliath was an awesome, awesome sermon. We've preached that a couple of times and it's been better every time I've loved it. David was a prepared man, if you remember. David was brave. David was himself. David was reliant on God. This is who David is. Remind yourselves of that. Then we looked at David versus Saul. And we did a side-by comparison, essentially, on who these two type of people were. And, and Saul was a man after people's praise, but David was a man after God's own heart. And then Saul was cruel, but David was kind, and so forth and so on. And we looked at it, and we go, who do we want to be more like? Who would we rather, who would we, I mean, honestly, we want to be like Jesus. But David points us to Jesus. Moving on, and Pastor Jonathan's dad got to be with us on Father's Day. And we, we looked at the son of David, and he did an awesome job with that. We looked then in week five about David's sin. Everything started to turn a little bit when we started talking about David's sin. And we looked at that complacency plus comfort equals compromise. We saw that once he got too comfortable in whatever, he, was, he, he started to compromise his faith. But then we also saw that he was truly repentant. And because he was truly repentant, he was restored. But nevertheless, that same complacency caused some consequences, which leads us into David's loss. We went into David's loss, and pastor hit a home run on that, walking us through a very, very tough sermon that God is the one who oversees life and death. And God reveals some things to us, but not all things as we walked through that. And we looked at David during that process that David prayed. David waited. That's huge. And that's, that's a huge thing. If you need to go back and listen to that if you miss it. David waited. David fasted. He was very intentional with his time. And then, then, of course, you look at David and Jonathan's relationship. Not our pastor, <laughs> Saul's son, Jonathan. And we looked at who is the type of people that we want in our lives. 
That was, a, that was a good word, wasn't it? And I love that about we want to have people in our lives who share our values, who encourage us, who are headed the same direction as us, that equip us, right, that, that we can be ourselves around. How many of y'all enjoy that? I want some people in my life that I can be myself around. Some people will be like, no, we don't. please don't be yourself. <laughs> Everyone is like, please don't. Yeah. But then it led into last week, pastor talking about the chaos in the kingdom. Bunch going on in that sermon right there. A bunch of going on. A lot of sibling issues, okay? And, and it led us to see that, you know, true, here's what we needed to come to conclusion of with that. A godly family must not be competitive. Come on, that was good. We don't need to be complacent. A godly family doesn't need to be careless and conniving. We've learned a lot about David this summer. And I'm really excited today to wrap this up on David's perspective of God through the Psalms. Real quick before we even jump into all this, you want to learn how to have a prayer life, you need to go to the Psalms. You need to learn how to pray in good moments, go to the Psalms. You need to learn how to pray when you feel alone, worried, depressed, broken, sorrowful, go to the Psalms. Hey, you want to learn how to worship, go to the Psalms. We can learn so much in the book of Psalms. And I want to look at four things that, that we can see about God through the Psalms that David shows us. So if you would, we're going to go to Psalms chapter 139. And it's not going to be on the screen, so I do encourage you either be in your Bibles. How many of y'all got your Bibles this morning? You got your swords this morning. Amen. Come on. Hey, I, I, have, I, I carry a Bible in my pocket every day. It's our phones. I encourage you, bring your word. There's something about flipping pages, man. There's just something about it. Hopefully you have your word. I'm, no, no shame. No shame if not. It's okay. It's okay. God still works through this thing right here. He, I'm telling you, he, he does. He does. Just know that that works here, by the way. Psalm chapter 139. We're going to read the whole chapter. And I'm excited today. How many of you ready to hear the word? All right, let's do it. The scripture says, David's writing here, and he says, Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. There's a little break there, and he goes on to write in the second part. Where shall I go from your spirit, David says, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, then you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings in the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you, and the night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. He goes on to say, for you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and he says, my soul knows it very well. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I love this line. I I awake and I am still with you. He goes on to write here. It takes a wild turn here. David says, Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent, and your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred, and I count them my enemies. And in closing, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Let's pray. God, we thank you today. Lord, we are so honored that we get to come into your house to hear a word from you today. Father, I pray that you would move in this place. Holy Spirit, speak through me, God. We are ready to receive from you today. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. I like to think that Psalm 139 is broken into four parts. You could say five, but I think it's, I I like to think that it's broken into four different parts. And I want to look at Four different things here on what David shows us through the Psalms. So if you're taking some notes, please write this down. Number one, the first thing is this. If you go to that next slide, David shows us through the Psalms that number one, God knows us. God knows us. That, you need to know that today more than anything. God knows you. Everything about you. Jesus tells us in Matthew, he talks about he knows all the hairs on your head. He knows everything about you. And David's saying, God, you have searched me. You have known me. Before I even speak a word, God, you know what's there. Before the thought's even in my mind, you are there. He says, you you know my path. You know where I'm going. You know my lying down. He says, what David is saying, and he's marveled by it, because at the end he says, such knowledge is unattainable. He's blown away at the fact that this is a God who's everywhere, but this is also a God who's very personal. Don't mistake today that God is some furled man, man up in the, in the sky with some mean brow with a lightning strike waiting for you and I to mess up and, and throw down a lightning bolt. No, that's not the case. This is an almighty God who spoke things into existence while at the same time he has a very personal relationship with you and I. And you go, how is that the case? I promise you, he says, I like at the end, he says, search me. Search me, oh God. I I know you, know me. God, I want to know everything about you. He says, and you have known me. David shows us through the Psalms in the first six verses. Listen to it. He says, you've searched me and you've known me. You know when I sit down. You know when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. God, you know me. We can have some peace today. If you can press in a little bit, we can just say God knows us. And what, what does that mean? What good is that for me? Preacher, how, what, what good is that? You need to know today that when God knows you, he knows all of you. So he knows what you're going through. He knows your good moments. He knows your bad moments. 
We just looked at David's life, did we not? He's chosen him to become a king. I mean, he is just, everything's great. He becomes the king. First off, he's running away, fleeing from Saul. And he's crying out, even in those moments, I'm, I'm worried. I'm, please take this away from me. And you see that through the Psalms. So I encourage you to read the Psalms. I'm telling you, this will make a lot of sense. And then we see David's downfall. And we see the communication between God and David. Knowing the fact that he knows us can give you peace for the fact that God knows everything you're going through. Take a deep breath and realize that I don't have to hide anymore. I can't hide. Matter of fact, he, pre he shows us that in the next part. So David shows us through the Psalms that God knows us. Number two, write this down, that God is with us. God is with us. We had a whole sermon on this during our Christmas series about Emmanuel, God with us. And when God showed up, everything changed. But this is very, very personal. Look what David writes in verses 7 through 12. He says, where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? He says, if I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, which is death, you're there. He goes on, by the way, the title of the sermon is The Warrior Poet, right? So where, where's some poetry here? I like to see a little bit of poetry here. He says, if, even if I go with the wings of the wind and if I go to the deepest part of the sea, to the very bottom of the pit, there you are. You're everywhere with me. We can read that and go, okay, flying with the wind, deepest part of the ocean. What is he talking about? Look at it. In the high moments, you're with me. In the deepest, darkest, hardest moments, you are, with, you are with me. We talk about the warrior poet, which to me is kind of, I mean, I'm not laughing at it. I would never like laugh at David because, I mean, he could, he could take me easily. If he took Goliath, he could take me. I ain't going to go there. Never mind. I mean, I give him. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> I mean he's going to have a hard time, but I ain't just going. <laughs> it ain't just. Sorry. Sorry. I could go on. If this was a youth service, y'all, we'd be having a good time right now. I'm sorry. But when I think of a warrior, I think of strong and armor and all this. And then when I think of a poet, I just, I think of like soft. And, and, and if anybody's into poetry, you're not soft. It's like, hey, you might be the strongest person I know. But it just, warrior poet just doesn't go together, right? But when you look at David's writing, look at this for just a moment. We, we went right through it, and that was intentional. I want to go back and look at something. He says, you hem me in behind and before. That's some really choice words there. I think there's a theme in this whole chapter of, of sewing things together. And he says, you hem me in behind and before. And, I, I mean, guys, I, I remember when I used to, I had like, I mean, we grew up, and it was just like, there was the pair of pants, but they were too long, and so it was like, somebody's got to hem those up for me, right? And ladies, you know, when you have a wedding and your dress is like, you know, what, I got to hem, I don't know, I'll hem it up, whatever you got to do, right? And David's, <laughs> David's talking about that. He says, you, he, listen to what he's saying. He says, you hem me in behind and before. What does that mean? That God's even in the moment? That he's behind in your past and he's even before where you go? He's already placing everything for you. He's with you. God's with us. 
Even there, your hand shall lead me, your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light be about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. So even in your darkest moments, God is with you, and that's no dark to him. Nothing's too dark for him. Know that. Be encouraged today. If you're walking through a moment where it's just everything is clouded in and it's not, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, there is. He's with you in it. He's before you in it and behind you. Come on, that's who God is today. So David shows, David shows us through the Psalms that God knows us. Number two, he shows us that God is with us. And number three, he shows us that God is intimate with us. God is intimate with us. Now let's look at this for just a moment. Let's take some time when we, when we talk about, and, and let's just be real, seasoned believers, I'll say it that way, seasoned believers, we understand when we say God's intimate with us. We're close with God. For the young believer or for the new believer, what do you mean intimate with us because intimacy has this thing to it. What do you mean God is intimate with us? Let's look at it. He says, for you formed my inward parts. You, here's, here's the theme again. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. And he says, my soul knows it very well. So what does this mean? How is God intimate with this? I like that David is using the word, my soul knows it well. Haley and I were talking about this. Half the time in sermon prep, I just spend just rambling to Haley, just talking to her, and she's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, good. And then it's like, you just helped me so much. Thank you so much. She's just there. She's amazing. But when we were talking about this, and we talked for hours about, it's weird he says, my soul knows it well. And I started thinking, and, and I'm, I'm all over the place, right? My, my mind is just a million miles an hour. And I was thinking, you know, when we listen to music, sometimes we're just like, ah, oh, that's cool. But then there's some things like, man, that, that, is, that is good. That, that's in my soul. That's, that's some good stuff there, right? Something in the music hits us differently. This is different. This isn't just a normal sound. This, this is different. We have relationships with people. We're friends with people. But when you get married, that's my soulmate, Right? And he says, my soul knows it very well. It's a very intimate choice of words. He says, you know me. You created me. And he says, and I praise you for it. This is amazing to me that, that God is intimate with us because he is in the details in our lives. He goes on to say, he says, when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Intricately, I looked at that definition. It's extreme details, if you would. Very complex that God is in the making in your life. So let's back up and, and we, 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 when we talk about when God created things, right? God spoke things into existence. Let there be light. All these different things. Let there be animals, however it was. And then when it came to you and I, he got his hands dirty. 
It didn't, have, it didn't take any extra work from God. It, didn't, it wasn't hard for him, but he chose to do something differently. Instead of speaking you into existence, he gets down and he gets the dirt and he forms you and breathes life into you. This is a very different thing. You were not like anything else that's ever been created. So please understand, when we talk about music, this is different. When we talk about relationships, this is different. When we talk about creation, you are different. He breathed life into you. Now, you go, no, I was formed in my mother's womb. Even Dave, David knows this. He says, but you knitted me together. Intricately woven, you placed the pieces together. So no, did God form Chaz Carr out of dirt? No, he did not. He formed him in his mother's womb. But don't get me wrong. He created the things to create you. It's pretty intimate. God is intimate with us. So David shows us through the Psalms that God knows us. He knows everything about me from the top to bottom, everything. He knows what's going to happen to me. He knows what's happened to me. He knows what's happening to me. And he's with me through it all. You hem me in behind and before. You are with me through it. God, you are close to me. My soul knows it very well. Come on, pray this over your life. God, you know me. This is a prayer. I'm teaching you how to pray. God, you know me. I know you're with me. My soul knows it very well. And number four, David shows us through the Psalms that God fights for us. God fights for you and I. I don't have the time to defend the words that David wants to use when, we talk, when he says, I hate them, those who hate you. I understand you think, why well, hey, as Christians, we can't hate. We can't hate. I, yes, you're right. Don't, do not leave this service and just see somebody that wasn't in church Sunday and be like, I hate you because you were not in service. Don't do that. Well, David, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. But he says, those who go against you, God, I loathe them like you do. And here's why. If you'll, put, if you'll put point one, two, and three together, when he gets to point four, he says, God, you know me. You're with me. You're close to me. I can't stand anybody who would talk bad about you. And we see it as the, as the little shepherd boy in David and Goliath. He said, who is that uncircumcised Philistine that he would talk about our God that way? Right? He said, what are you doing? Why are you standing around? I'll, I'll do this. I'll take care of it. And he says, I will do whatever. I count them as my enemies. What David is saying is he says, I can't stand anyone who cannot stand you. And so he thinks, I'm going to go fight for you. But the reality is, is God fights through him. Come on, when he picks up the stone, by the way, he picks up four more. And he throws one, and it happens with one when he's going to fight the bear and the lion, that God is victorious through him. God fights for us. He has a different relationship with David. He says, I'll fight on your behalf. How do I know this? Because he says, look, the Lord delivered me from the hand of a lion. The Lord delivered me from the hand of a bear. And the Lord will deliver me from this Philistine. And what happened? He did. God fights for us. David shows us through the Psalms that God knows us. Take rest in just knowing today that he already knows. Don't try to be like, well, God, don't see this about me. Like, you're too good. No, no, he knows. He knows me. He knows you. He's with us. He's walked with us. Matter of fact, he's in your path. He knows you're lying down. He's close to you. He created you. You're different. 
And he fights for you. He fights for you. He's proved it through David's life. And David points us, if worship team wants to come up, he proved it in David's life. And David points to one who will fight for us. Jesus today fought for us. And the truth is, is he still sits at the right hand of the throne interceding for us. The work was finished on a cross, but God's not done. God still works miracles every day in your life. Do you believe that today? We preached the message a few weeks back. I believe it. I believe it, God. I believe that you still will use me. I believe, God, that you're still going to call me. I believe, God, that you're going to come through for me. God, you've shown me. Come on, I've been here. I've been in that moment where I'm sitting here basically putting the ball back in God's court where I go, God, I know you know me. God, I know you're with me. It doesn't feel like it, but I know you're with me. I know we're close because I'm opening up to you with things I won't even share with others. God, will you fight for me? Would you fight for me today? I can't do it on my own. And, he's, and the answer is always the same. I have and I will. Have peace today knowing that he's fought for you. And he won and he still is fighting. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Summit Church Podcast. We hope today you enjoyed the content and what God was speaking to you today. Again, we'd love to connect with you more by going to ardmoresummit.church. Join us Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. in Ardmore, Oklahoma at 1725 North Commerce Street. Take care and be blessed.